God, we bless you. We give you glory. You are an amazing God. We thank you for what shall happen in this place tonight. We're not here as spectators, but we are here to receive under your anointing. Breakthroughs are in this house tonight. Healing is in this house tonight. Open doors are in this house tonight. And we thank you that even on the stream, somebody will receive victory just by tuning into this space tonight. Moved by your glory. And we give you glory and praise. We believe it's already done. In Jesus' name. Amen. Will you put your hands together like it's already done? Come on, like it's already done. Like it's already done. I want to thank God. Listen, while you're standing, help me honor this great man of God. What a leader you have. When I tell you, you've got a leader. Oh my God. And his wife, they're both leaders. They're just amazing people. Help me thank God for Pastor Andrew, Lady Chantal. Love both of you so much. Thank you for the invitation. Please be seated. We're grateful to God tonight. And wow, Sir City, you have uh, Im impacted me in ways in which you would never imagine. As my first time to Canada and to be able to come to this space, this is a very awesome space, a place where the presence of God is. And I thank God for the excellence in this ministry. I thank God for the vision in this ministry and the incredible, impeccable hospitality. Thank you so much for being so kind to us. Elder Noble and I, we have had a blast being with you guys. I tell you, we hope y'all will adopt us to come back. We just want to we want to be Canadians too. Can y'all help us do that? Figure that out. <laughs> We're American Canadian now. And so we thank you. This awesome worship team. Thank you so much. I love it. Music ministry and minstrels. Thank you all so much. There's a word I want to share tonight. I want to get right to it tonight um, in 2 Samuel chapter 9. I want to share a word I believe will be a blessing to you tonight. And I want to contextually share uh, between verses 1 and through verse 13. And your Bible says something like this. And David said, is there anyone left in the house of Saul that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake? And there was in the house of Saul a servant whose name was Ziba. And when they called him unto David, the king said to him, Are you Ziba? And he said, Thy servant is he. And the king said, Is there not yet any in the house of Saul that I may show the kindness of God unto him? And Ziba said to the king, Jonathan hath yet a son, which is lame on his feet. And the king said to him, well, then where is he? And Ziba said to the king, behold, he's in the house of Makur, the son of Emia in Lodabar. And then King David sent and fetched him out of the house of Makur, the son of Emia from Lodabar. Now when Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, was come unto David, he fell on his face and did reverence. And David said to Mephibosheth, and he answered, Behold, thy servant. And David said unto him, Fear not, for I will surely show thee kindness for Jonathan thy father's sake, and I will restore thee all the land, all the land of your father. And thou shalt eat bread at my table continually. 
Go down to verse 13. We'll look at the rest of it contextually. The Bible says, So Mephibosheth dwelt in Jerusalem, for he did eat continually at the king's table and was lame, was lame, was lame on both his feet. I want today to just kind of make an announcement tonight, prophetic announcement, as I declare this word over this house tonight, those of you watching online, that it's your time to be at the table. It's your time to be at the table. One of the things that you will discover as a believer about God is no matter what our situation is, he's keenly aware of what's happening in our lives. God never has a lapse of memory where the plight of his people are concerned. Whatever we're going through, he knows all about it. And God is always making plans, moving our lives. Everything that is happening is moving in sequence according to a divine plan of God to bring you to a plan of destiny. Whatever disruption happens in your life, it will never derail the destiny of God upon your life. Uh, that's why all the things that occurred in your life, God used them to be a part of this journey. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God and who are called according to his purpose. But it is God's desire to usher us into places we've yet to even realize. And it's important to know that when God moves, he moves in his own time. And the timing of God can be complicated for people who are incredibly anxious because we often want God to move at our timetables. We give God a prayer and we tell God it's an emergency. And so God, it'd be really cool if you could hear my prayer tonight on Thursday because what I need done, I need by Monday. And we think that God responds to us based on that. But God is not moved by our emergencies because God is not in chronos. Chronos is this idea for chronography. God is not in time. He is not in Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. He is not in 12 o'clock, 6 o'clock, 9 o'clock. The scripture says that God is in eternity. From everlasting to everlasting, he is God. So he is not incarcerated by time. So we, therefore, approach God based on our time, thinking that it's an emergency, but it is not an emergency with God because God does not deal with us in Kronos. He deals with us in Kairos. A Kairos moment is when God can sovereignly impose his will upon our lives and instantaneously God can kind of jump over our time and do it in his time. That's why a lot of times people will say God may not come when you want him to come, but he's always on time. What God will do from time to time is he will humor us when we pray like that. He'll remind us of who he really is. And so as a consequence, what we'll do on Thursday, like tonight, we'll say, God, now listen, the bill is due Monday. And we'll sit in here and we'll worship God and we'll say, Lord, I'm believing you for the breakthrough by Monday. And what God will do to humor us, he will step out of eternity and come into time. And he'll come into time and jump over into Monday. And he will pay the bill. And then he'll go back up into eternity, sit on his throne, look down at you on Thursday and see what you give him glory for what he's already done. The fact is, is that what you're asking God for, he's already done. 
And so because God moves like that, it is important to understand these moments of kairos, right? Because God's interest in our lives, listen, when you embrace the timing of God, then you begin to realize something, that God's desire is to bring us to tables. Now, when I mentioned that, I know for some of you that was a little complicated because there are people who are attracted to stages. <laughs> but stages are for entertainment. There's nothing wrong with stages, but they are limited because stages are for entertainment. They uh, rely upon the affirmation of people to applaud them. That's what stages are for, entertainment. And there are others who are drawn to uh, platforms. <laughs> people will fight to get on the platform, the VIP badge. They want platform because platform feeds ego, it feeds our narcissistic desire for attention. And so if I can get the right seat on the platform, it validates my ministry, it validates who I am. But God is not interested in this season in getting you to a stage nor a platform. God is trying to get you to the table. See, because it's at the table where the deals are made. <laughs> it's at the table where the negotiations happen. It's at the table where things really get done. Isn't it interesting that even David says that the Lord would prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemy. Tonight, I want to talk to somebody who has been somewhat of a midwife, someone who has birthed everybody else and you have pushed everybody else and you've done it genuinely. You have encouraged others who have, who have gone into great moments and seasons of destiny. You've celebrated them and you thank God for what God has done in their life. And you're not a hater. You celebrate them. But you have privately asked within your own prayer life, well, then God, when is my time going to come? You've not done this because you were selfish or you were thinking about yourself. You just knew that God was an equitable God and you knew that God eventually was going to bless you. And so you just need to know when that moment was going to come. If you have celebrated other people, watch other people walk into their seasons and walk into their moments. You've been saying, Lord, when is it going to happen for me? I have come to Canada tonight to tell you that you're in a very important and strategic season in your life. Because by hearing this word, God is affirming to somebody tonight that your time has finally come. That there are doors that are about to open up. There are things that are about to happen. Strategic relationships that are about to come into your life. And everything that has happened in your life has ushered you into a moment just like this. This moment is providential. This moment is a moment you should be giving God glory for what he's about to do in your life. David, David rises up from his throne. David has come to the throne. David, you know David. David, and he has come to a place where he now has raised the question, is there anybody left in the house of Saul that I can show kindness to? Now, it was customary for those who had come to the throne to annihilate anything, any vestiges of the previous administration, but David has a different concern. David raises a question, is there anybody left in the house of Saul that I can show kindness to. He does not ask, is there anybody qualified? Is there anybody worthy? He asks, was there anybody left? The people I'm talking to tonight are those who can declare that I'm a part of that remnant who's left. 
I'm a part of that crowd who can declare that I am a survivor, that I have survived more in the last two years than some people have survived their entire life. Where are the survivors tonight? Who can declare that I am one of the ones who's left? Watch it. Is there anyone left? And Ziba, the king's servant, comes. And Ziba says, uh, King, there is one. <laughs> He's in the house of Amiel. But I need to tell you something, King. He is lame on both of his feet. He is lame on both of his feet, and he's over there in Lodabar. Yeah. And from that moment, from that moment, the king has sent Zippa, his servant, on a quest looking for one particular individual to bless him and bring him to a space that would change his life forever. I want to talk to you tonight because I want you to get to know Mephibosheth. I want you to understand some things about him because if you do, it might help you understand some things about yourself. To understand Mephibosheth, you must understand that Mephibosheth, when he was five years old, Mephibosheth was mishandled. He was dropped by someone with great intentions on helping him, but they dropped him. A nurse doing a time of warfare uh, in an effort to rescue Mephibosheth at five years old. Mephibosheth has been dropped. And now, as a result of someone else's carelessness, Mephibosheth is now lame at five years old. Now, his lameness is not the lameness we see in the New Testament. It is not that where a person is lame and needs a pallet and cannot walk. No, this lameness is a retardation in his movement. It means that he can walk, but it takes him a little longer to get there. He's lame, but he has mobility. But there is a retardation in his movement because someone else has dropped him or mishandled him he now takes a little longer to get places that other people can get to much quicker i'm talking to somebody tonight when you look over your life there are people who came into your life and they mishandled you and they dropped you and I don't care who I'm talking to tonight. Everybody has this testimony that we all have been dropped by somebody. Some job that said, this is the space for you and we're going to make preparations for you. You're going to have this great opportunity and out of nowhere they dropped you. Or someone who brought you flowers and said, I'm going to love you forever and we're going to just be ride or die. And it started out like Little House on the Prairie but ended up like Nightmare on Elm Street. They dropped you. And when people drop us, it's hurtful, it's painful. But tonight, I declare, it doesn't matter who dropped you, God can pick you up and God can turn you around and God can place your feet on solid ground. Here it is. When you've been dropped, it takes you a little longer. He's lame. It takes him a little longer. Like some of us should have should have been out of school by now but it's taking me a little longer because somebody else dropped me should have had my house by now but somebody dropped me so it's taking me just a little longer should have been out of this debt by now but it's taking me just a little longer because somebody else has dropped me now understand something that's very interesting here is that whenever 
you have been dropped. He is now called a cripple. Because it is customary in scripture, watch this, to name people based on their condition. Have you ever given any thought to that? That when you look at scripture comprehensively, you see people being named by their condition. The woman with the issue of blood. Blind Bartimaeus. People are named by their condition. And so King David raises the question, is there anybody left? And Ziba's response was, there is one out of the house of Amiel, the son of Jonathan. His name is Mephibosheth, but king, I must tell you, he is lame on his feet. People are quick to identify you based on your condition. But you are not who they said you are. You are who God said you are. Oh, I want to preach this tonight. Once I name you, then I must create and construct an institutional reality consistent with the name that I give you. Once I name you, I must put you in a place that reinforces the name that I gave you. And so that every day you wake up, you're reminded of the name that you are. And so once I name you cripple, I must now place you in a place called Lodabar. And I must put you in a place of Lodabar because Lodabar represents no pasture. It represents no growth. It is a place of alienation and isolation. That's what you do. You put people in Lodabar that you don't know what to do with. People that you name cripple, that you label them because you don't know what to do with them. So you just put them out there in Lodabar. And the reality is once you put them in Lodabar, every day they wake up, they're constantly reminded that they're in Lodabar. They're in Lodabar. And somebody that they need to understand that Lodabar is not just a physical location. Lodabar can be a mental and spiritual location. There are many people today who find themselves going to jobs that feel like Lodabar. Going into relationships that feel like Lodabar. But I have come tonight with a revelation for somebody. I don't know who it's for, but I believe somebody will grab this out of the spirit realm. This is your last night in Lodabar. Remind every person in your life, do not send me mail in Lodabar because by the time the package gets there, I'll be gone. Hmm. He's in Lodabar. I want you to see it. He's in a place of hurting humanity. He's in a place of forgotten about. Have you ever been there? You wondered, does anybody know I'm here? Does anybody know I'm hurting? Does anybody know my story? I'm not here because I desire to be. I'm here because nobody knew what to do with me. And so consequently, I can be in a crowd of people serving but still be in Lodabar. I can show up every day and put on my church face and lift hands and give God glory and get in my car and cry all the way home because I'm in Lodabar. I can encourage everybody else and be strong for everybody else. But then I'm on my way home crying and get in my bed and turn my face to the wall because I find myself in Lodabar. Does anybody know I'm here? God has already made plans for you. Because while he is in Lodabar, oh, this is going to bless somebody tonight. 
way over here in isolation wondering if anybody knows, if anybody cares, if anybody is even aware of his situation. All the way in Jerusalem, there are conversations being had about him that he doesn't even know about. King David is having a conversation with Ziba over here while he's in Lodabar and he doesn't even realize that his name is showing up in meetings. His name is showing up in important tables. Some of you do not need to understand why you think you're out there by yourself and nobody's calling and it looks like it's not going to happen. Your name is coming up in places. People are discussing you. There are deals being made on your behalf and it's going to be a moment that God's going to make it all make sense. All you got to do is realize this one thing. Your blessing will not find you in a place of ease and comfort. Your next blessing is going to find you in a place of stress and strain. He's in Lodabar. Zippa says he's in Lodabar. It is not an ideal place, but he's there. It is a place of degradation and isolation and frustration, but he is there. He has not OD'd. He has not put a razor to his wrist. He is not addicted to anything. He's just there. You've got to learn how to stay there. Whether they like you or not, you got to stay there. Whether they appreciate you or not, you got to stay there. Even if it looks like God isn't answering your prayers, you got to stay there. Even if you got to be home by yourself on Friday night, you got to stay there and be steadfast and immovable and always abounding in the work of the Lord. Because one day, a moment like this is going to come. And Ziba is on his way <laughs> with the king's orders <laughs> looking for Mephibosheth. Can I tell you something? Ziba has never met Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth has never met Ziba. Ziba has never met Mephibosheth and Mephibosheth has never met Ziba. Somebody you have never met is on their way to bless you. I said somebody you have never met is on their way to bless you. That's why you better start speaking to people with your mean self. Because you don't know who you sit next to. You don't know who God is going to use to usher in this next blessing. This is the season of strategic connection. I said this is the season of strategic connection. He goes down there. Watch it. Don't miss this. He goes down. Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth. There are other people in Lodabar. He's not the only one there. There are other people. It's a colony of hurting humanity. Mephibosheth. There are other people that have been in Lodabar, but there's only one name being called. Mephibosheth. See, because when it's your time, God will skip over people just to get to you. No need of you getting upset because God called somebody name. You don't know how many years they've been waiting on this. You don't know how long they've been fasting and praying for this moment. But when God calls your name, notice something. Mephibosheth emerges. Are you looking for me? 
Are you Mephibosheth? <laughs> it is me. I have come with a decree from the king. The king wants to see you. And notice, nowhere does Mephibosheth look to people in Lodabar and ask them for permission. Do y'all think I should go with this stranger? What do you think? No, because see, when it's your turn, you don't need a hall pass. You don't need somebody's permission. You got to learn to step out and move when God calls your name. See, somebody here tonight, you know what that feels like. That when God calls you, you got to get your stuff and you got to go. Remember! Wait. He's a cripple. He's been a cripple for five years. For more than five years. Since he was five years old. I can see it now. I can see it. Lady Chantal, I can see. Zippa saying, Mephibosheth, get your stuff. We're going to Jerusalem. This is a good little walk, y'all. Mephibosheth grabs his stuff. I can see Zippa in front of Mephibosheth watching him because it takes him a little longer. I can see Zippa saying, you need me to slow down? I can hear Mephibosheth say, no, 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 no. Go ahead. I'm coming. I can see Zippa turning around and saying, you sure? We can slow down. You need some help? Don't worry about me. You gave me a word, right? I'm coming. See, when you get a word from God, you don't need nobody to feel sorry for you. I just need somebody to shout, I'm coming. I may not get there when you get there, but trust me, I'm on my way. I'm coming. I'm on my way to my healing. I'm on my way to my breakthrough. I'm on my way to what God promised me. You have got to learn how to press your way. Notice, Mephibosheth, if he has to crawl, if he's got to roll, he's going to get there the best way he can. When you get a word from God, don't make excuses why you can't go. Just go! Watch it. Here it is. Imagine. Imagine. Imagine the level of exhaustion it took for Mephibosheth to get to Jerusalem. I hear you, David. As the deer panted for the water so my soul longs for you oh God sometimes we look at people and we we see their disposition we see their posture we see them praise God and sometimes their praise is a little radical and we look at them and we judge them we think does it take all that but you don't know what it took some people just to get here you don't know what it took some people what they had to go through how long they had to fight and scratch just to get to a moment like this there he is finally standing before the king are you Mephibosheth are you the one are you the one it is me your majesty David says well I 
am about to bless you for your daddy's sake. <laughs> Let me translate that. I am about to bless you because of what you're connected to. Now, you have to know a Vibashev doesn't know his history. See, everybody wants destiny. But you will never really walk into destiny until you appreciate your history. He doesn't know. He was five years old when this happened. He has no context that his daddy Jonathan and David were buddies and they were ride or die. It was Jonathan that covered David. David made a promise that I was going to take care of Jonathan's seed. <laughs> so I'm going to bless you because he doesn't know that. He has been institutionalized by Lodabar. He's standing in Jerusalem and he says, who me? But I'm nothing but a dead dog. Because the challenge is not getting you out of Lodabar. It's getting Lodabar out of you. I need you to lay your hand on yourself and say, I deserve to be here. Say, I have a right to be here. Say, I'm a king's kid. I'm blessed going in and blessed coming out. Everybody, the soul of my foot touches, that's who I am. I am not what they call me. You are connected to something. Your blessing in this season is going to be tied to your connection. That's why you should thank God because what you stand under is what you will understand. Your connections matter now. Get up, Mephibosheth. Listen, you are the child of Jonathan. This will be your finest moment. Watch it. Mephibosheth, <laughs> I invite you now to the table of the king. There is a table spread and you can have whatever is on the table. And just like that, a Kairos moment occurs. Just like that, we meet him. He's in Lodabar. And now, he's at the king's table. There are some people who knew you before you walked into this service, before you streamed this service. But the next time they see you, you move locations. You're going to be at the king's table. Watch it. And the scripture says something I must leave with you. The Bible says he's at the table. Don't miss this. But he is still lame. <laughs> there is a place for a cripple. No perfect people allowed. 
there is a place for somebody who's been dropped somebody who's blown it somebody whose life isn't picture perfect you got a seat at the table can I tell you the grace of God now it's not because you've been so good it's because at the table you're covered you ought to give God glory that God's got you covered at the table now here's the deal if you're going to be at the table you ought to at least have table manners you will at least give the king glory so lift up your heads O ye gates and be ye lifted up you everlasting doors that the king of glory shall come in who is this king of glory he is the lord strong the lord mighty in battle so lift up your heads O ye gates and be ye lifted up you everlasting doors that the king of glory Welcome to the table. Sir City, welcome to the table. Eyes have not seen, ears have not heard what God is about to usher into this ministry. I have come under the anointing of God to tell you because of your connection, God is about to bring you into tables you have never experienced in your life. What you are about to do in Greater Toronto has never been done before. That God said, start making room. I'm about to blow your mind. I need you to start praying bigger, believing bigger, because it is about to happen even in a global pandemic. God's got you at the table. I'm at the table. I'm at the table. I'm at the table. I'm at the table. I thought I was forgotten about. I watched everybody else walk into their blessing. But tonight is my night. Tonight is my night. I lay your hand on yourself, child of God, and declare it. I am at the table. I declare it, I decree it over your life, that your days, listen to me, listen to me, Lodabar is a space of lack, Lodabar is a place of lack and frustration, but Mephibosheth ate continually at the king's table. I declare that your season of lack is over. I need somebody to give God the biggest shout you can. I said your season of lack is over. There is abundance in this house. There is abundance in your business. There is abundance about to hit your family. I declare it, you got too much seed in the ground. 
you got too much trust and faith in the ground you got too much worship you are about to walk into a season of abundance like never before glory Come on, just worship the king. Just worship the king. Oh, glory, 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 glory. Glory, 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 glory. I feel the anointing in this place. I feel the spirit of abundance breaking through. Oh, glory, glory, glory. Glory, we are king's kids. We are royal priesthood. We are chosen generation that shall show forth his praise. We're at the table now. We're at the table now. Oh, give him glory. Wherever you're watching around the world, give him glory. This is a providential moment. This is a moment that God had you stream in. Give him glory now come on I need you to take the next two minutes and give him glory give him glory give him glory This is how we act at the table. This is how we act at the table. You can't get that close to the king and not give him glory. Glory. Continuously. He ate. Continuously. He ate. Continuously.